Happy Advent and welcome to the Hippie Christian Who Cares. I am Chrissy Baki. I am, in fact, the Hippie Christian Who Does Care for each and every one of my listeners. And also, let's be honest, who really cares what I have to say, right? You know, I'm just a girl in front of a microphone doing a podcast. But P.S., 41 listens to last week's podcast. I was up by about like 10 or 15. Decent, let me say. So that was my first exciting announcement. My second exciting announcement is um, we all know that I shout out my sister Susie all the time. Uh, Hello, it's a milestone birthday for sister Susie. She turns 60 on December 11th. Happy birthday to my sister Susie. And this podcast is absolutely going to be inspired by Susie and me reflecting on my life with my sister Susie. But don't worry, it is going to be Advent driven too. So don't um, hang up now or disconnect or log off. I don't really know what you do. Click out. I don't know. X out. What do you do when you stop listening? Stop listening. Don't do it. It's going to be good. We're going to have fun. And there's a great Advent message in here that you're going to love. So I have four brothers and one sister, and I am the youngest in my family. My sister is Susie, and she is two, three, technically like a, like two and a half years older than I am, and two grades in school older than I am. So it was actually kind of perfect, because when I was going into seventh grade, which was junior high, my sister was a ninth grader. When I was going into high school as a sophomore, a tenth grader, she was a senior. So enough distance that like I wasn't right on her heels, but, you know, just kind of that little extra protection there, which was always awesome. We were very different people, but in wanting to shout out Susie this week because it's her birthday, I started thinking of the fact that she's born in December and it's always in Advent. And Ironically, when it was her birthday, um, that's when we got to get a Christmas tree. And sometimes my mom and my dad and my sister Susie would go out and pick out the Christmas tree and then go to lunch. I often got to tag along to the lunch. I'm the little sister and the only other daughter. And so I often got to tag along, not always, but often. And so when I see a Christmas tree, I often think of my sister Susie and I love that about her. In fact, I have a tattoo that is a little tiny Christmas tree. It has a little tiny star at the top and um, she was getting a tattoo and it was a smaller tattoo than she originally planned. So when there was a little extra time, I'm like, hey, can you quick ink up a Christmas tree on me, a little tiny one. And the tattoo artist said, yes. So that is my, um, my honor to both Christmas and to my sister Susie, probably one of the 
earliest Christmas memories I have would have been when I was maybe four or five. I'm thinking probably five because of what you were, what you will hear, but we, we, as in probably me decided that we would perform the Christmas story for my mom and dad and my brothers, for those of them that would be interested in watching us. And somehow my sister talked me into playing every single role except the Mother Mary, in which Sister Susie was Mary. So she had, you know, probably a beautifully, <laughs> a beautiful um, blue sheet on her head and a probably lovely robe. While I had like one of my brother's robes when I was the shepherd, at one point I probably had my pajamas on when I was the donkey and giving her a ride on my back. I'm hand like hands and knees, giving her a ride on my back, being the actual donkey. Then I'm Joseph. Oh my gosh. Hilarious. Right. And so that is my very first Christmas memory. And it's interesting because during Advent, there is a gigantic focus on Mary and I give Catholics just a big high five for honoring Mary and revering Mary so appropriately. I think a lot of um, denominations, a lot of the brands of Christians out there don't. And sometimes I think they don't in fear of you shall have no other gods. And so you certainly don't want to worship Mary or pray to Mary or, you know, hold her in the same esteem that you do Jesus Christ. And yet the Bible specifically says for us to honor her and to remember her and that she is to be blessed among women. So let's talk first about who Mary is and how this all, all started. Luke chapter one is where you want to go for the story and, and the birth of Jesus Christ. Matthew kind of gives a little bit more of a Joseph angle, but Luke really tells that story like you see the kids do the Christmas program at church or in my family's living room starring Susie as Mary and Chrissy as all other roles. I did play a really good donkey, though, let me tell you. Um, so, in Luke chapter 1, starting at verse 26, is where the birth of Jesus is foretold. But I'm going to um, no, I'm going to definitely start there. Sorry about that. I was getting ahead of myself. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent an angel to Gabriel, sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. That's important. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. Greetings, favored woman. 
the Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be frightened, Mary, the angel told her, for God has decided to bless you. You will become pregnant and have a son, and you are to name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, But how can I have a baby? I am a virgin. The angel replied, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby born to you will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she is already in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant, and I am willing to accept whatever he wants. May everything you have said come true. And then the angel left. There's so many things that you can really talk about in this paragraph. And just for the record, today I am reading from a Bible called the Life Recovery Bible. And I'm trying to think of, it's the New Living Translation. I had to turn the pages. This Life Recovery Bible is, um, like I said, it's the New Living Translation. So it's just a regular Bible like every other Bible, and that's the translation it is. But what's neat is that um, when each um, book is talked about, it relates it to um, recovering um, from alcoholism or addiction, or if you are an affected family member or somebody that's a codependent type person. And some people may or may not know this, and I will say that I am not outing her anonymity. My sister Susie is a recovering alcoholic addict, and I'm so proud of who she is and who she's always been and her extreme dedication and determination to stay clean and sober. And she gave me this Bible and I love it so much. And the thing that is, I think so cool is that Here's a situation that, I, I mean, Mary's not an alcoholic, so it's not like, oh, look at that connection. But she's certainly not in the best of circumstances here. An angel has come to visit her. Weird, right? Like, I mean, if any one of us say, oh my gosh, an angel came to visit me last night, everybody would be like, weirdo, liar, you know, no way, didn't happen. On top of that, the angel now says, the spirit of the most high will overshadow you and you will become pregnant and your baby will be the son of God. Come on. Crazy, right? So now she's got to be pregnant without having sex with anybody and expect people to believe her. And so just in a situation of where you're going to be judged and judged hard 
And let me tell you people, alcoholics are judged and judged hard. And it's so unfair sometimes. I think sometimes when you are in love with an alcoholic, um, a family member of an alcoholic, a friend of an alcoholic, um, if you have any kind of personal relationship with somebody who struggles with alcohol or addiction, <clears throat> it's just really easy for you not to see the addiction and the alcoholism because we see a person. We see a person who we love and no matter what, that's who we see. So when people speak really ugly about alcoholism and alcoholics, boy, that gets hurtful. And, and I get it. It's a strange, crazy, weird, broken disease, but it is a disease. And we don't treat people with cancer that way. And we don't treat people with other diseases that same way. And, and it, it's, it's hard to fathom. Here's where I think there's this amazing correlation. And it reminds me truly of my sister. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant and I am willing to accept whatever he wants. May everything you have said come true. And the angel left. So here Mary is just willing to accept this invitation to be the mother of Jesus. And in the 12 steps of AA, it says, we admit that we are powerless over our dependencies, that our life had become unmanageable. Now, I don't know if Mary's life was unmanageable, but there is a willingness for Mary to know that this is nothing that she is doing. This is something that God is doing in and through her. And so she's letting God take all the power. And I think that is so super amazing. I also think it goes all the way back to the end of the 12 steps, which says, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to others and practice these principles in all of our affairs. Well, it doesn't get any more spiritually awakening than when an angel comes and visits you. Am I right? I'm pretty sure Mary straight up had a spiritual awakening. And as a result, she carried the message to others. And that message was in the form of a baby. Um, and then practice the principles in all of her affairs. Well, if you really look after Mary gives birth to Christ and raises Jesus, she follows Jesus. She goes everywhere that Christ goes. And she is with Jesus all the time all the way to the cross and to the grave and at the ascension, Mary is practicing who Christ is and knowing that Christ is the Messiah for the rest of her life. 
I think that is fabulous and amazing. And I'm sure the rest of you might be going, that is so weird to like compare Mary to like the 12 steps of AA, but I don't think it is at all. I think it's very cool. I think anytime we are reading the Bible and identifying with any of the people that are in the Bible, we identify with them based on who we are and what we know and that kind of stuff. And so since, you know, I'm shouting out my sister extra hard this week, that's sort of how I was looking at Mary and, you know, as I pondered Susie playing Mary and these similarities that they have and, and how all of us, men and women, can look at Mary and who she is and how she responded to what this angel asked her to do and, and what God has asked her to do. It's, it's pretty amazing. And did she, did she know what she truly signed on for? Was she, like, was she educated enough in the, the prophets foretelling of a Messiah? Had she heard enough as a woman, she wouldn't have like sat in like a, a rabbi's circle to learn that stuff. But did she hear enough to, to know that Israel was waiting for a Messiah? I, I don't know. Who wouldn't want to be the mother of the Son of God? That sounds exciting. And yet in this tiny bit of scripture that we get, it's not like it sounded like Gabriel was really trying to sell her like, hey, you're going to be the mother of Jesus and it's going to be awesome. Everybody's going to know you. And and he didn't say like everybody's going to revere you and you know, all that kind of stuff. In fact, later, when Jesus is presented at the temple, um, Simeon is a righteous man and very devout. I'm reading this. He was filled with the Holy Spirit and he eagerly expected the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. So when Mary came and Joseph came to present baby Jesus um, to the Lord as the law had required, Simeon was there and he knew, he knew it was Jesus. And so he says, Lord, now I can die in peace as you promised me. I've seen the Savior and you you have given to all people. He is the light to reveal God to the nations, and he is the glory of your people, Israel. Really important on that verse 32, the first part of it, he is a light to reveal God to the nations. Very important for us to know that that is God for all of us. And the prophets spoke of Emmanuel, who is God with us. 
He is a light to reveal God to the nations, God with us, God with each and every one of us. So cool. Joseph and Mary were amazed at what was being said about Jesus. And then Simeon blessed them. And he said to Mary, this child will be rejected by many in Israel and it will be their undoing, but he will be the greatest joy to many others. Thus, the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and the sword will pierce your very soul. We know what would happen that would pierce Mary's soul with a sword, and that would be the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. And I wonder, could she possibly understand that? My brain instantly is going to Mary, Did You Know? Um, that song that is wildly popular. And just for the record, my personal favorite is Kenny Rogers and Winona Judd look it up. I think it was a Kenny Rogers Christmas special, but Kenny and Winona did it way before it got super popular. And it was on a Christmas album by Kenny Rogers called The Gift. Kind of an excellent country music Christmas celebration situation. And Mary, Did You Know by Kenny and Winona Deluxe, just saying. And I always say, yes, she knew um, an angel came to her and said, you're going to have the son of God. So she knew, but did she know all of the things? Did she know that he would really be this miracle worker? And did she know that he would walk on water and all the things? And, and she must've had an inclination because in John, she, she tells Jesus at this wedding that, Hey, they ran out of wine. And he's like, how does that concern you and me? He's like, it was almost like saying, hey, not my time yet. And she looks at the servants and is like, do whatever he tells you to do. So she did know, but could she possibly fathom the death he would go through for us? Did she possibly understand that she would have to watch it. Oh my goodness. So, so crazy. And no doubt a sword would pierce her soul. And I think anybody that is a mother, when something terrible happens to your child, whether they are an infant or a toddler or a teenager or an adult, and Jesus was a young adult because he died when he was in his thirties, but yeah, that's hard to watch. And yet she must have been filled with the Holy Spirit to be able to endure that and to continue to follow after Je Jesus rose from the dead and ascent and spent 40 days on earth before he ascended into heaven. I'm kind of jumping all over the scripture as I talk about Mary, but mostly just to kind of make the point of the things that we can learn from Mary. And so when Mary goes to stay with Elizabeth, and I think maybe 
Maybe that's to keep her a little bit safe because she's an unwed mother. Maybe it's to sort of have something in common. Elizabeth's pregnant. She's pregnant. Um, maybe because she's younger and, and Elizabeth's older, she's there to help. It doesn't really say why Mary visits Elizabeth, but she does. Um, and, and here's how it goes. A few days later, Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea to the town where Zechariah lived. She entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leaped within her, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, You are blessed by God above all other women, and your child is blessed. What an honor this is that the mother of my Lord should visit me. When you came in and greeted me, my baby jumped for joy the instant I heard your voice. You are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. I love that. I love that so, on so many levels. I love that Elizabeth hears Mary's voice and is filled with the Holy Spirit because in Mary's womb is Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit himself. And when Mary speaks, the Holy Spirit's voice is heard and Elizabeth is filled. And not only Elizabeth, but the baby in her womb is filled. And that baby is um, John, who would be the baptizer. And little baby John the Baptist leaps in her womb. I think that's phenomenal. And Mary responds with, Oh, how I praise the Lord. How I rejoice in God, my Savior, for he took notice of this, of his lowly servant girl. And now generation after generation will call me blessed. For he, the mighty one, is holy, and he has done great things for me. His mercy goes on from generation to generation to all who fear him. His mighty arm does tremendous things. How he scatters the proud and haughty ones. He has taken princes from their thrones and exalted the lowly. He has satisfied the hungry with good things and sent the rich away with empty hands and how he has helped his servant Israel. He has not forgotten his promise to be merciful for he promised our ancestors, Abraham and his children to be merciful to them forever. Mary stayed with Elizabeth about three months and then went back to her own home. This song of praise that Mary says or sings to Elizabeth is such a great example of how we wait for the coming of Jesus because she's singing this not after the birth of this baby. She's singing this waiting for the birth of this baby. This is an Advent song that's where we ponder how I praise the Lord, how I rejoice in God, my Savior. He takes notice of all of us. She said he, he took notice of his lowly servant girl. And now generation after generation will call me blessed. This is such a praise of how God looks on us with favor and helps us to become who we are. And 
even in our afflictions, we are able to use those to help others. For those who have ever lost a parent, you now are so much more capable of understanding somebody else's grief when they lose a parent. All of those kinds of circumstances, when you have recovered from an illness, when you have overcome losing a job, you know, all of those adversities, when God has looked upon you with favor, you then are able to help somebody else out and give the glory to God. And this is what Mary is talking about. Mary is talking about that he does great things and he will continue to do great things for all who fear him. And it doesn't mean like you're afraid of him, but that you're in awe of him and that you are, that you recognize that God is powerful enough to overshadow this young woman for her to be pr come pregnant with the son of God, hundred percent man, hundred percent human. And he comes in flesh in a tiny baby that Mary would deliver. Go through Luke and read and really think about what God has done through Mary and because she was so willing to do what God asked her to do and, and think about how we can learn from Mary. Elizabeth says, blessed is she who has believed what the Lord has said to her will be accomplished. And it is so true. We celebrate birthdays because of the birth of Jesus Christ. And um, I didn't get to be Mary until I think it was like the seventh grade. And if you go back and listen to last year's Advent story, and probably I've said it a thousand times, but um, my Mary, I, as much as I wanted to take it seriously, I don't think I played the role of Mary quite like my sister did when I would have been five and that would have probably made her about seven and a half um, or, or just turned eight. And I think that she had all the innocence and all the grace that Mary had. And for that, I am so grateful to have her as my sister. Listen and look for all the ways you can celebrate Jesus Christ this Advent through all of the people that were part of Christ's coming to earth. And he came in flesh for us so that he would die on a cross, go to hell, raise from the dead, spend time on earth, and then ascend to heaven 
leaving us with his Holy Spirit. What a great, amazing way to ponder and prepare for Advent. And this week, let's do it um, Mary style. And maybe with a little extra shout out to Sister Susie. Have a great, wonderful week, everybody. Thank you.